Welcome to the Redeemer Church Podcast, where two guys right now are riding in a car to uh, pick up someone for a CG tonight. Uh, we're kind of getting back in the swing of things. We missed last week because um, a couple guys from the church loaded up and went and helped clean tornado damage. So I'm here, David, myself, one of the elders here at Redeemer, right beside James, the other elder of Redeemer. And uh, since we did miss last week, James, you know, you mind, you know, going through last week's sermon, just a little summary of it. Yeah, and by a couple guys, you mean that uh, four of you guys went and partnered with uh, one of our partner churches out of Starkville and went and did ministry there. So it was an awesome reason not to do a sermon recap. But yeah, so last week we really kind of uh, finished out the middle part of chapter 21 of Acts all the way verse 29 of Acts uh, 20 verse 29 of chapter 22 of Acts and so really the thought process was that as Paul was uh, at the ending of his uh, purification process he goes into the temple and in going to the temple there's this uprise that occurs because there were some that believed Paul was teaching that the law in Jerusalem was unnecessary now and the other was saying that Paul allowed an Ephesian, uh, so therefore a Gentile, into the temple. So they're trying to essentially uh, stone him. And the tribune, which was a Roman government entity, uh, really just takes control of the situation. But because it seemed like there was an uproar and a complete chaos within the city. And so they kind of take control of the situation and doing so... Paul addresses them uh, respectfully and asks permission to address the Israelites, the Jewish individuals there, and he does so. And he addresses them as brothers and fathers, very respectful, loving, compassionate approach to speaking to them. And in doing so, he then lays out the reality of the situation of uh, his calling, how he was as a Pharisee and then even that as he was practicing persecution of the church and Christ revealed himself to him on the road to Damascus and really just trying to reason with them and they still get mad and convinced that he is uh, this traitor then tries to attack him even the more where the Roman guard would then take him into the barracks and in doing so provide for his life to prevent him from dying of sorts and really just the whole theme of the sermon though was that no one was in control of the situation there was two different parties of jews saying one thing and the other saying the other the roman tribune had no idea what was going on even as paul uh, addressed them he they still didn't know who paul was and then after that paul then speaks to the uh, jews there in hebrew and so therefore they still don't know what's going on. So, and all of that, there was this mass confusion. It seemed like no one was in control. And really just the thought there was that even in midst of this chaos, God was still in control. So much so that before Paul was even born, he sovereignly chose and set Paul aside to be the primary agent of the gospel to the Gentile, but to also the Jew. And that was made possible because Paul was a Roman citizen by birth that was also Jewish in background. So therefore, his death did not come in this scene like Stephen's did. But rather, God intervened through the means in which he had provided within the Roman government.
Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was that was really good from last week. Well, what about this? What about this week? You know, we had. Um, what about this week? We had our own our sermon this morning. How did that go? What, what summarize that one for us? Yeah. So we kind of picked up in verse thirty of twenty-two and went to twenty-three, verse eleven. And it was this moment where the tribune essentially asked the Sanhedrin to gather so and allow Paul to speak so that they could figure out more of who Paul was and why they were so mad at Paul and what was the issue and what was the heart of the problem here. And so he does they, they, he does this, the leader does this. Paul then addresses the crowd as brothers. And in doing that, we see that he really... The narrative just jumps straight into this moment where Paul says, "Look, I lived in good conscience with God, among God and all people, and this Ananias, the high priest, orders him to be slapped in the mouth, essentially. And Paul calls him out on this because this was a hypocritical thing to do because it was an unjust way of practicing uh, the law. And so he calls him a hypocrite, a whitewashed wall, which is very similar to that of the words of Jesus in the whitewashed tomb, but." We also see a moment in Ezekiel where God is addressing false prophets and he calls them through the mouth of Ezekiel, of course, whitewashed walls. Essentially that you look good and you look sturdy and you look like you're going to provide security for your people, but you're just teaching falsehood and it's full of hypocrisy. And so Paul boldly speaks this to that of the the Sanhedrin here and uh, but Paul didn't realize that the one he was talking to was Ananias. And in realizing that, uh, and not realizing that, he does that. But he actually uh, broke the law himself, but out of ignorance, not out of intent. Uh, because he did quote Exodus 22 at the end of that discourse. Because he says, essentially, I didn't know he was the high priest. And I agree. You're not supposed to speak evil of the one in which God has established for you as your leader. And so he kind of essentially apologizes of sorts there. Um, and in doing that, we also see, though, is that the high priest Ananias was acting unbecoming of a, a high priest, inconsistent with the law, hypocritical way of practicing things. And so Paul may not have known who he was uh, just practically, but also experientially, this guy did not seem like a high priest. And so Paul then kind of moves past that and he recognizes through the discernment of the Spirit that there's two types of people in the room. There's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And Paul was a Pharisee himself. Uh, and the difference between the two is that the, the Sadducees actually did not believe in any form of a resurrection where the Pharisees did. And so Paul then equates the whole purpose of his arrest to that of the resurrection of Christ. Now, he doesn't go as far into detail there as he does in other places in the future uh, responses to the Roman government and the rest of Acts. But essentially, he's saying, look, I'm arrested because the hope of Israel, which is fulfilled in Christ, that he is the fulfillment of the resurrection. He is the firstborn of creation, but he is also the first to die and be resurrected Therefore, bring in hope to all who would believe in him and have eternal life in him. Therefore, resurrected at the end of this age. And so, um, this caused an uproar. 
and then that or the Sanhedrin, the Tribune steps in again and provides for Paul's security by taking him into the barracks. And this miraculous, amazing thing happens at the end of that section in verse 12, where it says that the Lord appeared to him. Um, it doesn't say in a dream. Um, so I, I personally would have no reason to assume that Christ himself didn't appear in some form, but it could be a dream. We don't know how God worked. We just know that nonetheless, God, Jesus appeared to him and in appearing to him, he says, look, continue to be bold and um, don't really concern yourself for your life here because it is my desire for you to make it to Rome and be my witness in Rome as you were my witness in Jerusalem. Yeah. I mean, it was, uh, it was very well this morning. Um, thought it went well. Um, that's about all we got really for, for today. It was been a busy past couple of weeks. It was just some stuff going on with the, the church internally. Um, just planning for the future and um, helping out with tornado victims. Uh, I know when we went last week, uh, I was one of the ones that went with these with those guys, helped lead it out, and. Let's just say there's a lot of prayer and a lot of support for those people. Uh, it still needs to be done today for the ones that was affected this past weekend. But, uh, James, if you don't have anything else, I'd say it's good for us to close this one out. Yeah, man, I think it would be good. Just a quick reminder, though, about the text this morning is at the end of the day, um, I think we have to remember where our hope lies and is in the resurrection of Christ. Um, and outside of that, we have no hope in life and death. And so we find hope in Christ first. Uh, God calls us to be discernment, uh, calls us discernment to the Holy Spirit, just as Paul displays in the first verse of chapter 23. And then the third thing was really just this um, command to go, therefore, and trust that Christ is with us and that comfort that comes with that. So with that being said, um, for anyone listening, just as a quick reminder, you know, you're called to proclaim the gospel and make disciples. And in doing that, be restful in knowing that Christ is with you. And he will comfort you and provide for you through the Spirit. And so, as we get off of here, I just wanted that to be a reminder for you all. Yeah. Well, that's it for us. So, we will hopefully see you all next Sunday morning. If not, we'll catch you guys on the next podcast. So, see you. See you.